0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. I invite you to take your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. The Bible tells us that God, through the knowledge of Christ revealed here, has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Every answer that you need for life, how to be godly, and how to be ready for eternity is found right here in this book. There's a reason that this book has come under such attack. In fact, more attack than any other book. It's been reviled, it's been debated, but I stand here with full assurity this morning to let you know it's never been refuted. It is true, it's God's word, it's established in heaven. You can bank your life and eternity on it, and I would give you a stern warning this morning in love, you better bank your life and eternity on it. What God says here, not what a church says it says, but what God says. He wrote it so even children in simple faith can hear it, understand it, believe it, and have God as their Savior. And so as we Go to Matthew's Gospel, a gospel that was written to the Jews to represent Jesus as king. We come to a sermon in Matthew 5 to 7 where the king is on a mountainside and he's preaching a sermon. And over the last number of weeks, we've been looking at that sermon. What did Jesus teach there? And he covers all various topics. Uh, but we've been learning what it means to be a, kingdom of this, of, uh, a citizen of the kingdom and, and how does a, a citizen of the kingdom live. What do they do? What do they say? How do they respond to others? And we're going to take that up as we move into chapter 7 or continue in chapter 7 this morning. So some of the things that the Lord's dealt with. How do we avoid wealth's potential bondage? You know, the things that you possess can become idols and, and actually uh, grab hold of you, put you in bondage. How do we avoid that as citizens of the kingdom if we know Christ is Savior? How do we respond in faith to the earthly needs that we have? All right, we're not to have a tight grip on things. However, we do need things to get through this life. So how do we respond in faith to those needs? How do we avoid unrighteous judging, but judge according to the truth? People like to quote, Ju- don't judge. Uh, judge not, but the Lord also said judge righteous judgment. Okay, okay. He's talking about judgmentalism, self-righteousness. How do we avoid that, but also help people by confronting lovingly with truth when needed? Well, the answer within the context is this, simply this. It's prayer, asking God to assist you in all of these things. The kind of praying that doesn't seek its own selfish ends, but always God's glory, For the sake of the kingdom. Everything we do here is for God's glory and for the sake of the kingdom. And by the way, the king said he'd take care of us while we're doing his work. All right? But it's for the sake of the kingdom. Which is why, again, back in Matthew 6, even in that model prayer, that outline that we're to follow as we pray to the Lord, how do we end? How should our praying end? It should end with worship saying, This, and thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So the Sermon on the Mount has taught us how to be Jesus' followers. And that now assures us that we can be, or assures us that we can be what He wants if we will ask Him to help us through prayer. We're to pray about all things, in all things, always. Now consider this next statement. Our ability to follow begins with a heart bankrupt of self-will that mourns over sin and hungers for righteousness. And I just summarize the Beatitudes. Alright? But the ultimate ability... For supreme happiness, the Lord said, blessed are those, blessed are ye if. He's talking about supreme happiness, only happiness that God can give as we exercise those beatitudes. But but that happiness, the fruitfulness that comes from mountaintop living, comes through prayer. The question we have to ask as we look at really what is a familiar text, what kind of prayer is this talking about? And so Jesus is coming to the close of this sermon. And he wants us to see, as he did those listeners seated before him, that living like kingdom citizens requires prayer that is focused on what he taught in the sermon. And then it asks for it. It seeks God for the specific answer and keeps knocking until the answer comes. Comes. And all the while the believer who's praying is holding on to the promises that the Lord gives us here that we'll look at today, that he will answer. A couple simple questions. Do you pray? I think most here would say, Yes, I pray. Uh, and I'm guessing that even if you're not religious, there are times you pray. You may not tell anybody, but you pray. Guarantee if it got difficult enough, you'd pray. All right, but what do you pray? And even when you listen to Christians pray, Christians have been saved a while. Uh, Years ago, they came to the Lord, repented of their sin, told God they were sinners, and just invited Jesus to be their Savior. That's salvation. Even believers like that, when you hear them pray, sometimes it's, it's pretty surface, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's what you would expect to hear, and, and it's, it's general. But the Lord says, my citizens of my kingdom, they pray specifically, and the things that they pray are specifically, Lord, you said this in your word. You said this in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, God, I need your help to do that. That's what we should be praying And then God says, if you pray that way, I will answer. So I've entitled the message today, Guaranteed Promises for Kingdom Living. As Jesus comes to the end of his teaching, and he gives us these applications, here's the command that he gives us. Jesus' command that ensures kingdom living. Look at verse 7 now. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I would submit to you today that this is actually a single command about prayer that has three parts because all of it involves praying. Again, asking, seeking, knocking, it all involves prayer. Okay? But three parts. Ask simply means asking in prayer. It means to pray. It means to ask. I seek... Means to do uh, the asking with sincere purpose, focusing on what Jesus has taught. So I pray sincerely. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. I'm earnest. I'm sincere. And I'm focused on what did Jesus say? Now, just generally, you and I know that if I pray outside of His will, He's not going to answer because His will is best. So if you're asking for something and you're not sure that that's God's will, don't pray it. Or if you're not sure, pray, as long as you're not going against what you know is in God's word, and then say, Lord, I'm not sure about this. Thy will be done. Okay, But pray with sincere purpose. That's what the seeking is. And And again, I would submit to you today that it's what Jesus taught in his word. And then the knocking means to pursue it. Keep at it with all your heart in prayer until God's will is fulfilled. A few weeks ago, we saw that this, this knocking also can include fasting. Where we're so earnest that we just keep knocking in prayer. Again, we pursue it. Uh, we keep at it with all of our heart until God's will is fulfilled until God answers. Now, you moms, I'm going to share with you one of your pet peeves, and I know you'll agree with me, because the wonderful woman I'm married to, this is one of her pet peeves. Okay? If you ever had a child come up to you, and usually it's when you're busy. Of course, you're usually busy. All right? Or maybe you're not busy and you're trying to nap. But child comes up. Mom. 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 And even as I do this, I'm driving half of you crazy right now. Mom. Mom. What do you want? All right. What is a knock at the door? Don't you love it? You sit down to dinner and somebody comes to your door. Ah, they'll go away. Pass the potatoes. (sighs) Who is it? Okay, now that can drive us crazy. But God says, I want you to keep knocking. All right, I want you to come to me, pursue your request with all your heart, pray, keep knocking. Now it's not because he's disinterested, but we do have to understand, God wants to make sure that we are earnest about this that we're just not going through the motions, that this is, in fact, something that's on our heart that we want Him to do in His will to make us what He wants us to be. So ask, seek, and knock. Now Jesus expects us to take His teaching in chapters 5 to 7 and pray for His help to apply it. Everything that you know is in the Sermon on the Mount. Even the matter of fasting that that we looked at, I just mentioned. So I don't don't know. I I don't feel like fasting. All right, it's time to talk to God about fasting. By the way, this is good practice for everything you read in Scripture and every message that you hear. So when you go to God's Word in the morning and you open that, We ought to pray like David, Lord, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. But then as he shows you what he expects you to do, here's what you should do in response. You should get back on your face before the Lord, say, God, all right, I'm asking, I'm seeking. Lord, I'm focused on what you just said to me. Now, God, would you please make this happen in me for change? Make me like yourself. That that ought to always be our response to his word. Now your flesh is going to want to get distracted. Perhaps you're even distracted now. But what will cut through that distraction is saying to God, now Lord, this is important. This is your word to my heart. Lord, show me what you want me to do. And Lord, would you accomplish this in me and mean it? All the promises in verse 7 are to everyone. We're going to see that in a moment. But in the original language, they're also future passive. And this is what that means. When we obey the imperatives to pray, seek, and knock, someone, capital S, someone out of ourselves, none other than the king himself, causes the receiving, the finding, And the opening to happen. You realize what just happened here? The king just obligated himself. If you ask, seek, and knock, he obligated himself. All you do is ask and wait. What does he do? He takes over. And he fulfills his promises. So when it comes to your spiritual growth and the things that God is pointing out in your life, maybe it's a stubborn sin, but but maybe it's just a need to fellowship in greater ways with the Lord. Whatever He's speaking to you about, the point is you need to be talking to Him about that. And when, when you're asking earnestly and you keep asking, don't quit, don't give up, He says that He's going to take over, come through, and fulfill. What a blessing. Then the Lord reiterates what he just said because perhaps he's, his hearers are thinking, okay, well, this is too good to be true. Now, remember, they're listening to someone that they know he can do miracles. In fact, people have come to him and have asked him, my son is sick, my servant is sick, uh, Lord, I have this disease, I'm a leper, whatever, and they know that he's healed them. They know he can do that. And, and now he said, if you'll ask, seek, and knock, you'll have. And maybe in some minds they're questioning that's too good to be true. Or I can't do what you just preached, Lord. I can't do that. In fact, weren't there times where Jesus preached things and the disciples said, how does that happen? How do we forgive like that? Huh? You know, and he, and he, the, the disciples respond to him that way. So the Lord reiterates what he just taught. Look at verse 8. For everyone, any disciple that asks, shall receive. And he that seeketh shall find, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. There should be no doubt when we're praying according to his will about these important things. So Jesus, again, it just taught the need to judge righteously. Chapter 7, verses 1 to 6. Some can't do that because they can't see clearly. There's a pole in their eye. It's sticking out, remember? You can't, you're, you're focused on the splinter, the speck in somebody else's eye. You've got a pole sticking out of your own eye. Excuse sin, perhaps. Pride. So what's the answer? By way of example, again, here's what you pray. Lord, you've told me not to judge someone in an unrighteous way. Lord, you've told me to make sure there is no sin blocking my spiritual sight so that I can't truly see others as you see them. Lord, I'm seeking you to reveal any judgmentalism, any self-righteousness, any pride in my own heart. Lord, would you show me that? By your grace, I confess my sin. And Lord, I'm going to keep knocking for your assistance as I pursue doing your will in this matter. That's an application of what he's talking about here. Now, Satan hates when a kingdom citizen is trying to obey the Lord. And the flesh responds to obedience with fear, with doubt. Your flesh may be saying right now, well, I can't live the kind of life Jesus expects from kingdom citizens. I've tried that. I'm defeated. I, I have these, these areas of my life that I just can't seem to get past. I don't, I don't see that how, how this is possible. Even if I pray, seek, and knock, will He actually answer my request? There's maybe somebody thinking that this morning. Is He really going to answer? Well, Jesus answers that with a comparison. Now look at verses 9 to 11. This is Jesus' comparison that encourages kingdom living. His comparison, what's He going to do? He's going to compare earthly fathers to the heavenly father. If you're not convinced that if you come to me and you ask, seek, and knock that I will answer, all right, let me take it a step further. Let me talk about your earthly fathers and let's talk about the heavenly father. And that's what verses 7 to 9, uh, I mean 9 to 11 are about, all right? So look at verse 9. Or, this is... Jesus saying to put it another way by comparison. All right. He's comparing. What man is there of you whom if his son ask bread or ask for bread, he will give him a stone? All right. Brother Long, Pastor Long, do your boys ever say, I'm hungry, I need food? All the time. All, the time. all right. Guys. Have you ever come to dad and said, I'm hungry, I need food. And instead of going to the refrigerator, he went to the rock garden. Here you go, son. Now, that's, that's pretty silly. The idea here is to give something that is unhelpful. I'm hungry, I need food, here's a rock. Okay, look at verse 10. Or if he ask a fish, ask for a fish, all right, more food. Will he give him a serpent? Not just unhelpful, but now unhealthy. Here's a venomous snake. Okay, you want a fish? No, try Now, again, some of you are looking at pastor, but they eat snakes. Okay, stay with me, okay? Uh, yeah, some, some people do. it. That's not the point here, okay? But a good dad would not give something that's unhealthy or dangerous. So, if your child is hungry and in need, as a dad, would you give the child something that couldn't help them, couldn't benefit them? The majority of dads, though weak and sinful, would do all they could to satisfy a child's need for food or any other need. Now, since this is true, and every dad is sinner, a sinner, since that's true, what about a perfect, all-powerful father in heaven? See, if, you, if you're doubting that the Lord can grow you, increase your sanctification, make you more like Christ, help you be obedient to his word by his grace, not through your strength, but if you're doubting that, really you're doubting the ability of your Father. And so look at verse 11, "If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that what? That asking. Now here's the problem. We come to the Lord, and instead of just taking it at His word, here's, here's what we think. I've got to measure up. I've got to merit, any help here. I've got to impress God. Give that up, okay? No, you come through the righteousness of Christ. You come through, come through Christ to Him who birthed you. You have new life in Christ. And for His children, for citizens of His kingdom, here's what He says. Come. And he puts it simply this way. You have not for one simple reason. You ask not. All right. So the will to please Jesus, to be supremely happy, to live like a citizen of heaven's kingdom is present with every Christian here today. You desire to do that because the Holy Spirit puts that in you. You hunger for it from time to time. But satisfaction and real spiritual growth continues perhaps to evade you. The Lord guarantees He'll do the work in you if you ask, seek purposefully and sincerely. We need to pray about things that really matter, folks. And then keep knocking in prayer and pursuing until the Lord has done His work. By the way, we ought to be praying this way for others, too. Look, every time you pray in God's will this way, God responds. If you've got a wayward child and you pray this way, God responds. He draws. He sends convictions. He is doing things you can't see or know. But He's answering. You say, well, it doesn't seem to be working. Uh, My child, my friend that I'm trying to restore, they, they, they just seem to be getting more upset with me. Well, yeah, and sometimes conviction does that. Why are you so mean? Well, maybe it's because God's working. Keep asking. So let's close. Clearly in the text, the answer to kingdom living is continued prayer. The only way you'll know this wonderful mountaintop living is to pray for it specifically. Pray for it specifically. Now, Christian, you can do other things to try to salve your conscience, dismiss the lack of growth and fruitfulness. There are other things that you can do. You can ignore the standard. You can lower the standard. Or you can let Christ, through His power and His grace, do His work to raise you to Christ's likeness and where He wants you to live. You can do all things through Christ, the King, who's promised to strengthen you. And He's also promised to answer your prayer if you'll pray, keep seeking, do it sincerely, and keep knocking. God says, this is what I want to give you. This is what I'll do for you. Let's trust him. Let's believe him. He's a perfect father. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, thank you that when we come in faith believing, Lord, we can even ask you to help our unbelief and that that prayer gets answered. But Lord, there's not a single thing you ask of us in your word that you're not prepared to answer in prayer and to do in us. Whether it's dealing with our fears, our inconsistencies, our bitterness, our discouragement. Whatever it is that's that's holding us back from shining for Christ like a kingdom citizen. Lord, if we'll but take those things to you in faith, believing, in prayer, Lord, you've promised, you've committed yourself. It's not for us to work harder. We just need to trust you. And Lord, you said you would answer. Now, Lord, sometimes we need to pray for patience, too, so that you are able to complete your perfect will. Thank you that you're not done with any of us. You're continuing to work in us to will and to do of your good pleasure. But Father, would you take good news, and make us, help us to be a praying church that prays about the right things. And Lord, at the top of our list ought to be, Lord, would you make each of us more like Jesus that we might live